Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the best way to start your NFL Sunday. Welcome, everybody, back to Sunday Morning Slants. I'm your host, Matt Watson, joined alongside Ethan tonight. How are we doing, E? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. And so we are hopping on tonight because we have a little uh, breaking news. We have Dalvin Cook signing with the New York Jets and Ezekiel Elliott signing with their rival, the New England Patriots. So we got a couple of running back, uh, th- running back topics to go over here tonight, as well as... Michael Orr, you probably know him best from The Blind Side, the Sandra Bullock movie, uh, came out this afternoon and basically said that the whole story was a hoax and that um, the family in which he thought had adopted him didn't actually adopt him and used him for uh, to make millions. And so it's kind of like a like a developing Pretty story. Fierce. Pretty serious scenario. Yeah, it's a, it's like it's crazy. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into that a little bit, too. But um First, I wanted to start with what I think was the biggest news of the day. Dalvin Cook is heading to the New York Jets to join Aaron Rodgers, uh, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and just a loaded Jets roster. Um, Ethan, I'll throw this over to you here. Do you think that Dalvin Cook makes that big of an impact for the Jets, or do you think it's just kind of like an example of just the rich getting richer? Um, I don't know because I know um, was he had 1,100 yards in the last – what, four seasons in a row or something like that? I believe so, yeah. So, it's not necessarily like his excess goods. I mean, he's 28, so I know age with running backs is always a thing. But, I mean, I would take him over Brees Hall. I know Brees Hall had potential last year, but he's a young player coming off an injury. He's pretty unproven. And if I had to pick an area of the Jets, like the Jets offense is loaded at this point, which I I never thought would be something that we would say considering, you know, just that they're the Jets. <laughs> but, I don't know, they, they Joe Douglas has done a really good job this offseason, I think. They have, like I said, their offense is stacked. But the weakest part of their team is, the, is to me, is their running back position. And, I don't know, Dalvin Cook, he's better. Is he the best running back that Aaron Rodgers has ever played with? Like, are we guys or anyone um... from, like, the early career that, like, I'm kind of missing? I mean, Aaron Jones, but I um, – I, Yes, I, I think I would take Dalvin Cook over Aaron Jones. Right? He had that one Eddie Lacy year where he was like, "Ooh, feast mode." Yeah, feast mode before he got real, <laughs> real big. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't. When I think of the Packers, I don't think of running backs, right? I think of Aaron Rodgers, and he's had a, a like list of great wide receivers, but yeah, don't necessarily think of the running game when it comes to yeah. the pack. And a great running back always just ma- always makes it easier for a quarterback. And I mean, it's not like A Rod really needs it to be that much easier for him. He's already a Hall of Fame quarterback, but yeah, you know, it's always nice when you can just 
take a play off almost and just hand it off to the running back to just try to get five yards. What is it? His career yards per attempt is 4.7. So if you round up, he's a dude's average in almost five yards a clip. He's a little – he's not really a receiving threat. He's pretty much just a, like just straight through the tackle and running back. But, I mean, he's one of the best at it. He's been around – this is his one, two, three, four, five. This is going to be his seventh season. So, like I said, he has some wear and tear on the tires. But, I don't know, this year was the first year that he played all 17 games in the season without missing any. So, who knows? I, I think it's a really, really good signing for the Jets. I know it's been rumored around for forever. Like, it, was, it, it wasn't really a matter of if. It was more of like a matter of when it was right, going to happen yeah. for him. But it's a good move. And it, it is like the rich get richer. But it's also, to me, it's like an area of need for them still. That makes sense. I mean, they have Brees Hall, obviously, who is coming off the injury. And then you have Michael Carter, who I thought filled in pretty nicely last year, too. So you have three good options now. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of Cook just a one-year rental, right? You're you're trying to go to the yeah. Super Bowl, and you add an all-pro caliber player for a one-year deal. Because in theory, mm-hmm. next year, you know, Hall will, in theory, be healthy, and you let him be your bell cow kind of thing. Uh, if you keep Carter, yeah. you keep Carter, that, that sort of stuff. So I like it from that perspective. Uh, only thing I will say is Dalvin is now on a – one year prove it deal. He did, I believe, make eight million dollars or up to eight million dollars on this contract with the Jets. Okay. But he's gonna be in a in a prove it situation because he's gonna want another deal with a, a yeah. club next year, right? Um and I mean and prove maybe, it situation for what's gonna be a twenty nine year old running, running back, back is right? not so he's gonna want his touches wait for him. Yeah. Um you know if you gotta you just gotta think because Rogers gonna spread the ball. Uh, Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. is going to get a lot of targets this year, and he's going to yeah. mix it around too. Lazar is going to get targets. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact Randall Cobb's going to have a game this year where you're like, oh, that's peak Randall Cobb right there. He's going to have like 180 yards and like three touchdowns for it, no reason. For no reason. Um, and he'll, it'll be like a, they'll play like on like the Bills or something like that in a big game exactly for the, for the division. And Randall, it's going to be Randall Cobb that like seals mm-hmm. the deal. Um, so. <laughs> It's going to be a dynamic offense, and I think it was going to be dynamic with or without Dalvin Cook. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he's been one of the best running backs in the National Football League for the last five years. So, yeah. And I think he still has it. I don't think it's like Zeke, which we'll get into. But no. I, I if you watch him last year, he doesn't look cooked. I mean, no, he ironic. But... And it's crazy that the Vikings – I know the Vikings wanted to cut costs at the running back position. But it's mm-hmm. just crazy that they gave Alexander Madison a deal. When if you wanted to save money, you probably could have kept Dalvin for a little cheaper than he got from the Jets. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're paying the same price, you could have drafted a running back who's making nothing to be his backup versus yeah. paying Madison and then whatever other backs they've added. Um, I'm not too aware of the like Vikings current running back like room or anything like that. Um, yeah. But I know Alexander Madison's pencil didn't be the starter. So if you're asking me, would you rather have Dalvin Cook for eight million or Madison? At, I want to say four. It was around four or something that he signed. Was it like for. four? Was it two years or was it just one year? Uh, I could check real quick. But either way, I, I just feel like it's better value to have Cook, even if it is a one year deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, Madison's making the Vikings. I think are definitely going to stake. I think the uh, Vikings are offense is definitely going to take a step back. I agree. Like when, um, because but, he's a guy who, since 2019, has averaged 11 touchdowns a season. He has 43 touchdowns in four years. So, like, that is a pivotal piece of your offense that is not there anymore. 
no, exactly. And so that means Justin Jefferson is going to have to carry a higher load on offense. Uh, it means they're going to pass the ball more. And mm-hmm. they did draft Jordan Addison, who I'm very high on. Um, and they kind of reshuffled the wide receivers a little bit. Adam Thielen's no longer there. So it's, it's Did he a, sign anywhere, by the way? Adam Thielen's a Panther. Um, Ooh, I don't actually know. I remember he when he signed there, he <laughs> said about he wants to help them go to the Super Bowl. So th- that was something. Well, good it, luck. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I like the move, and I, I think Cook's mm-hmm. going to be happy. I did think he might – I thought at one point he might end up in Miami with the Dolphins, though. What did you think about, like, those rumors? Um, Now, Miami's a team that could use a running back a lot more than the Jets could. But, like, I don't, I don't know what it is about the Dolphins exactly. I mean, I know what it is. It's because they haven't been really that consistently good for, like, my entire lifetime. <laughs> but, like, whenever – like, I don't know what it is. They just – I feel like they always – like, they never make the right move. Like, they make good moves, but, like, a move like this would actually, like, put them over the edge, I feel like, and, like, no doubt, like, playoff contenders. Yeah. To me, the Jets were a no-doubt playoff contender before the season started, or before they got Cook, and now it kind of, like, doesn't really – I don't think this elevates their ceiling, like, how, like, Cook to the Dolphins would elevate their ceiling, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I'm right with you. And I'm looking at the Dolphins' depth chart. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson – are the top two guys most listed as the starter. What did they do? Just take the old 49ers cast offs? Basically, yeah. Uh, they still have Miles <laughs> Gaskin. And then uh, it looks like they have a, a, a third round pick. Uh, his okay. name is Devon Arcane. So they have. He could be something. Yeah. But it's just like, I feel like last year we saw like the, p- the full potential of this running mm-hmm. back group. Like, Moster, it's going to be one week, it's going to be Moster. The next week, it's going to be Wilson. I, both guys have been banged up at different points where they fill in for each other yeah, and play Moster, well. Moster, you, you can't rely on at all. Correct. So, I don't know. I feel like Cook to the Dolphins would have been a better move, but they mm-hmm. decided to not spend $8 million on a running back, which in today's yeah. NFL is considered to be a smart choice. But yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like it could have been a good move for Miami there. Um, yeah. But alas, and then in like, in like four dimensional chess. It also like it weakens your divisional opponent too. Exactly. Yeah. So like, kind of goes both ways there. Yeah, and it's crazy how like we're talking about the AFC East and running backs because, I mean, Buffalo they're gonna ride James Cook this year. Devin Singletary left. He went to the Texans this offseason. Oh, yeah. So Cook is gonna be their starting running back. But you could have made a case that you could have had both Cooks on the same Ooh. roster. Like Buffalo like, has had a Buffalo weak needs game. a running back more right? than the Jets did. And I don't think Dalvin or James would mind playing with mm-hmm. each other, right? Like, I thought if we're talking yeah. about an AFC East team with a running back, I feel like the Bills should have been in on Dalvin Cook. And mm-hmm. maybe they were and got outbid and whatever. Or maybe they just feel as though they're going to give James the rock and let him prove it kind of thing this year. But the Bills have struggled to run the ball. Honestly, mm-hmm. the team with the best run game in this division have been the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, gonna... hey, ever since Tom Brady left, that's all they do is run the ball. Exactly, and you have – Next year, they didn't trust Mac Jones. They didn't trust Mac Jones at all to throw it. No. Well, Matt Patricia went from defensive coordinator to offensive coordinator, so I feel like that <laughs> also had something to do with it. But that's something to do with it. Yeah, but no, but still. So, and then kind of segueing over to that, like Ezekiel Elliott is now a New England Patriot. He signed for less money than Dalvin did to go to the Jets, but – was it like I up to six million? I think right up up to six million with incentives, which I think you're going to see a lot more running back contracts incentive laced. Um, so Zeke is now a New England Patriot. He joins Ramondre Stevenson in New England. Um, I still like 
I see Bill Belichick getting 10 touchdowns out of Zeke out of Zeke this year. Oh, I can yeah. see Ramondre Stevenson's going to be your 20 to 20 guy, screen mm-hmm. plays, run stuff like that, and then he's going to bring in Zeke when you get into the red zone. He's going to let Zeke just pound up the middle, and they're going to just feed him the rock. Yeah. So if you're a betting if you're a betting man, and I am, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look it up real quick. And see what Zeke's rushing touchdowns are for the season. But whatever, if it's if it's nine and a half or lower, I'm taking the over because I think he's going to get double digits this season. Yeah, I mean he's again like I don't think he's a player that's cooked. Like he's not like when Zeke came in, like when he first got drafted, his first year in the league, you could probably make the argument like his first like four years in the league, you probably make the argument he was the best running back in the league, or if not the best, like he was top two, three, like he was in like that elite club. Where he was like he was an every down back, and like he after what he get he'd probably get almost two hundred touches two hundred touches or more a year, so almost probably three hundred closer, and like it takes a toll on his body and like he's not like just watching him last year especially towards the end of the year and like in the playoffs he just did not have the same kind of step same kind of burst like same kind of power that he used to, but like he's still. Like he's still perfectly serviceable as like a third down kind of short distance back, and I think his thousand yard rushing days are behind him at this point. Mm-hmm. But if you if you use him as a second option, I mean, there's he's going to break at least one or two runs this year. I mean, that's just the kind of running back that is. Adrian Peterson was like almost forty, and he was still breaking like eighty yard runs once a year. Yeah. So they'll get a little bit. They'll get there's a little bit of juice left in there. But I agree, he's mainly going to be within like 20 to 20, like underneath the 20 yard lines and he'll be a power back. Like he's, he's always been, she's always been strong. And like, I don't think he's not as strong between the tackles as he used to be, right. but like, you know, like wiggling out of wiggling through traffic and kind of bowling over defenders. But like, if you just need a guy to just punch through the line and get a two yard touchdown, I mean, he's probably still as good as that as anybody. Yeah. And we saw how dynamic he, him and Tony Pollard were as a duo. I mean, so much mm-hmm. so that Pollard is now the lead guy in Dallas. But everybody loves Thunder and Lightning. When exactly, like, that's right? the that's the best running back combo you can get is like Thunder is a Thunder and Lightning combo. And Stevenson provides that with Zeke. And it's not like mm-hmm. Zeke's playing for his job. He signed no. knowing what his role is going to be. So mm-hmm. I feel like it, it, it. Honestly, if I'm picking a back, I might take Stevenson over Pollard. If I'm if I have to choose between yeah, the two. well Pollard's he's not going to start the year healthy, is he? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know if he's on the uh, the pup list, physically unable to perform. I'd have to look mm-hmm. at that. Either way, though, um, he he will be back and he'll be their lead back this year. So yeah, at some point, he, at, at uh, some I don't point know if he'll be back week one, but he'll be back soon, right. soon within the season. And we'll have to see. Was if it he stays a torn healthy. ACL for him for Pollard? I want to say I want to say it was an Achilles, but okay, because I know it was in the, it was in the Niners game, right? It was when yeah, he it was got the last hurt? game of the season. Oh, it was an ankle That's injury. why. It was an ankle oh, okay, injury. Okay. okay. That makes That's more sense. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I knew it was low body, but. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So, um, yeah, he could come. He could make it back for the beginning of the season. Let's see here. Oh, okay. Fractured fibia. Oh, that's not great. I knew it was something in the knee. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we have a few injuries. Uh, let's see. Uh, Three days ago, Mike McCarthy gives encouraging update on Tony Pollard. Okay. Won't give definitive answer. So there was rumors he might have played in this past preseason game. So uh, okay. it looks like they're going to maybe hold him off to the regular season. 
Okay. Uh, which makes sense for a guy coming up. In yeah. Years, so, but yeah, so a lot of running back, running backs kind of been the talk of the town mm-hmm. for like the last couple of months, just with, it has with like the contract situations, guys getting released, guys are now signing. So uh, mm-hmm. cause we're getting pretty deep in the training camp. Like, yeah, it's Monday. Like they we, want jobs. Like, yeah, it's, I, right. sim- I sympathize with the plight of wanting to get money that you're worth. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if it comes between getting less money than you want and no money, it kind of sucks, but most of the guys are going to pick getting some money rather than no money. Exactly, and I think they got more money than I was expecting. Yeah, like, I looked at. Well, I was. I was. I got the notification about Zeke today, and I was kind of expecting it to be like a one point five million with like up to four million in incentives. He got a couple extra million than I thought yeah. he was going to get. Like they combined got what like fourteen million up to fourteen million dollars between the two of them. Like mm-hmm. that only helps running backs as a group yeah. and as a collective because. I mean, we saw they had the Zoom call this off season, and guys are you know holding out for more money and, and mm-hmm. trying to better the position and stuff like that. So, and it's well, Josh about, Jacobs isn't playing at all, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs is holding out or, or holding in, I should say, I believe with the Raiders, mm-hmm. and then okay. uh, Jonathan Taylor is reportedly coming back uh, in the coming days for the Colts. Come so, on, you want to fly an orca across the country, but you don't want to pay your freaking running back Jim Ursay? Like, come on. To be fair, though, I think. Jonathan Taylor picked a bad time for that because I yes. think after this last like, season, yeah, and he still has a, another. I feel like if he waited another year, he would have had the leverage. But I, I feel like he mm-hmm. played his hand too early there. That was like the Zeke. Like Zeke did it. Didn't Zeke do it like two years early or something like that? Yeah, like he like held out for his big contract a couple years ago. Which I and I understand it because running backs, you got to get that money when you. You can, might not but... even make it till last year your rookie deal. Exactly. So you gotta when you feel like you can, you know, when the iron's hot, you should strike. But yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of running back talk. Um, but I, I think Dalvin Cook's gonna thrive in his role. I think Zeke's gonna thrive in his role too. Um, so we'll we'll see how that plays out, and that definitely changes, you know, fantasy drafts. If you haven't drafted Absolutely. already, if you have drafted already, it's gonna you know influence the guys you had. If you had Brees Hall. You know, his value is not going to be as high because Dalvin Cook's there. If you had mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson, he's probably going to lose some goal line touches to Zeke. So you have to uh, factor that in when you're drafting your teams. But I know for us, we're drafting at the end of the month. So I, which yeah. one of the reasons why was because we wanted to see how the running backs play out. Because otherwise, we made that mistake before. We have made that mistake before. <laughs> but otherwise, like you're drafting Dalvin Cook and he's not on a team and you're just kind of waiting to see when he would sign. So now you know yeah. he's a Jet and that can be a part of your draft plans and stuff like that. So, um, but just as important with running backs is the offensive line that they run behind and the 2009 Sandra Bullock movie, the blind side really popular, like popularized the left tackle and offensive line play. And um, I'm sure everybody knows the story of the blind side by now. Um, mm-hmm. But what great movie, it, it was a great movie anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about now. I don't know about now. It doesn't hold up ten, like 10 years later. But so yeah. for those who don't know, we talked about it a little early in, or like early in the, to start the podcast. But the Tui family who had adopted in Michael Orr um, apparently didn't adopt him. So they <laughs> basically had him sign a like like a conserv- how do you Conserva- conservatorship. Con- a I conservatorship. Think yeah, that, something like that. Because um, that's which, what they did to – Britney Spears, Britney Spears yeah. yeah, her parents like they said that she was what well, she was mentally unfit to take care of herself and her assets. Mm-hmm. So basically, just so it makes it so that way, someone else is in control of like all your life decisions, pretty much. Yeah, and so 
by them doing that, so he thought he was adopted into the family. He thought he was a part of the family, but yeah. in reality, he wasn't. And so they profited millions of dollars, not only from him going to the NFL and things like that, but off the movie as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. they've basically been profiting off his name and his story. And these, as you can see in the movie, these are wealthy people. It's not like, like yeah. they they kind of knew what they That's were like doing. That's like the premise. Is this like a rags to riches kind of exactly story? Um, and so uh, not obviously for that, but for Michael. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> and Hollywood embellishes a lot of stuff. Obviously, um, one of the things yeah, I learned exactly. though is that he was already playing high school football. It wasn't that they taught him how to play the game and they stuck him out there. He was already playing like high school football at like a high level, um, and mm-hmm. they kind of, and they kind of just like, in a way, scouted him. And yeah, they're like, mm, we like this kid, we like him. Yeah, like they brought him in and this whole thing. So they groomed him, like what's like no. a, a certain Mister Franco that we know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cross sports pod here. Uh. Eh, another topic, another topic. Another topic yeah. for another pod. But <laughs> yeah, so um it it's now like a really big story because Michael's kind of is taking this to court. Um he wants he wants the money that is rightfully owed to him. Um in this ESPN article that was written by Michael Fletcher, um it says here that the petition further alleges that the Tuies used their power as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from an Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million, while Orr got nothing for a story that would not have existed without him. Um, and apparently yeah, in the years since, they continued to call the 37-year-old their adopted son and have used that assertion to promote their foundation, as well as Leanne Tuies' work as an author and motivational speaker. So they continue to profit him off this day, and um, I just think that's tragic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, it's truly it's like ridiculous. that. The lines, the line says it perfectly. Like without him, there is no story, right? Yeah. So it's it's he's a shame. the main character. He is the main character of that whole story. Like it's it's just a shame because obviously this isn't the only case like this. There, this mm-hmm. happens all across like the world. People take advantage of those who are less fortunate and they believe they can, you know, propel them to the NFL and yeah. stuff like that. And, and, and so it's, it's a very real thing. And I feel like, especially with social media, I feel like everybody mm-hmm. has kind of come out in a, in a sappy way or in a funny way. Cause there's been a lot of memes, but um, yeah, I think that everybody's really, everybody's behind Michael Orr, and I think that mm-hmm. um, it, it's definitely something everybody's going to keep their eyes on. And it's funny too because people were talking about like this could be a, a great Netflix documentary and all this other stuff. So it should be interesting <laughs> to, to see how this plays out. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rooting for him to get his money, and I would love to see like the PR mess that's going to happen with the two yeah. family. Like I'm always like I think everybody should deserve to get what they like to get what they deserve. Like if he is like there is no blind side without like or so if you like it's just like this kind of stuff just bothers me like. It reminds me of a lot of when like record deals like screw over artists mm-hmm. and like they don't give them like they like the record company makes like all the money and the artist gets like five cents or something like that. Like it kind of reminds me of that where like the person who had is the one that actually has all the talent is not benefiting from that talent. And I just uh, it's I just hate that kind of stuff. Like yeah, if someone someone does the work and someone has the talent, they should be paid and compensated accordingly. And Obviously, he got paid to play football, but he did not get paid in his like for his story that has become a huge 
like kind of almost world at least not from not worldwide it's become like a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. like in the it's, u.s you so. can flip through channels on a saturday and i guarantee you the blind side's playing like that's i was just... at i was at my girlfriend's house like a couple months ago and it was on the tv and i was watching it yeah it's just <laughs> like it was it's just one of those, you could pick it up wherever and you'll watch the rest mm-hmm. of it because it's, it's such a good movie but the scene man. where like he like gets the kid like in the football game and he blocks him like all the way off the field i don't know why i love this like i watched it on youtube like it's great yeah, it's great it's, a, it's an awesome story of like having someone who like s- someone from a less fortunate situation and they like rise up i love that kind of stuff but yeah not so, as good as, a, as not as cool as we all thought it was yeah i feel like that movie it, i don't know if i can watch the blind side anymore knowing knowing what yeah. really happened at this point mm-hmm. so it, it's definitely a shame to see that kind of thing but i hope he gets his money and i hope things kind of work out the right way yeah. um so and then uh, one last thing I just wanted to throw out there, mm-hmm. um, preseason. So different teams, different philosophies. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like the Eagles didn't really have any starters play versus Not the Chiefs. It's kind of expected, right? But the Chiefs, the Broncos had their starters play for like the first half, first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? And then you know today there's a bunch of stuff coming out about you know uh, joint practices and stuff like that. Do you think mm-hmm. that? preseason games should just be done with and you kind of just move on or do you think we're just going to continue to see this that you guys are going to play during the week in a controlled situation and then come saturday come sunday come friday it's just going to be the guys fighting for a spot and that's it it is what it is um i don't know just because i think the preseason does have value to a certain degree like, I don't necessarily know if it has a whole lot of value. Like I said, I don't know if it has value to, like, if you're using, like, the Eagles as an example of, like, you know, a team that doesn't play the starters. Preseason doesn't really have value to, like, Fletcher Cox or, like, I mean, it might, Jalen Hurts still kind of young, but I don't even, they are not going to play him, really. Right, the like, risk if, and the reward is not. Yeah, it's close. not there. But, like, you know, like, your big name, like, Jason Kelsey's not playing. Like, those guys aren't, like, it doesn't really hold value for them. But I think from an overall team perspective, I think it does have value. Um, like I don't, I'm not there, so I don't know exactly how the joint practices go. But I still do think that there's a different kind of element to a game, and I know it's not. I think it's more controlled than like an NFL game, kind of. Mm-hmm. But like the joint practices, like are fully controlled. Like you can, like you have not total control because you never total control, but you have like you have a lot of more influence and a lot more like direction on how it can go from like a play by play basis. But I don't know. I just, I still find value in the preseason. I don't really watch the games, but it is important for guys like, you know, it's a cliche, but it's important for guys that are trying to make the roster. Yeah. Like that's Uh, where you go. That's and If you're, if you're a borderline kind of guy, like say you're the 55th man on the 53rd on the 53 man, like, that's you're showing out for other teams that aren't going to see you in a joint practice kind of situation. Yeah. So I think it kind of like you could like, I mean, I'm really not, it's not going to really affect me if they got rid of the preseason, but I think it does have value, especially to like lower level guys. No, if I'm, if I'm a coach, I would play my starters two to three series in like the first quarter, beginning of the second, and then call it there. Yeah. I like the idea of, you know, these guys go from not hitting to yeah. bam, week one. Now you're, yeah. you're going full force. So I like the and idea. And all the of ex just, players say that. Yeah. So you, I like the idea of building up your body a little bit. And I know they're doing that mm-hmm. during the week. Um, but 
back in the day, they used to do two days during the week and then play preseason on top of that. Yeah. And I don't know what the injury, you know, how injuries have <laughs> differ, like if there's more or less. I'm sure there's less injuries now, but I'm I'm not saying you got to play them for three quarters or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I do think there is real value in getting a in-game rep as opposed to a controlled practice. Yeah. Like even if it's the same thing, it's the same plays, the same drills. Like there's, there's just a different, different intensity. Mindset. Yeah, yeah. Like and so I don't know. I there's a difference of just your team and the other team watching you and versus, you know, thousands of fans filling the stands to watch you play. Yeah. And while, you know, that might not affect a, you know, a Jalen hurts, a Patrick Mahomes, you know, no big deal, but that does mm-hmm. affect a guy who's the, maybe the 50th man and he's fighting for the third string quarterback spot. And you're going to put him out yeah. there and see how he handles it. So I think there is value, but I do think these joint practices at the same time are killing. I enjoy it like preseason games. Yeah. I think the joint practices are awesome. Like personally, like as like, you know, like I cover the Eagles a lot. So I just, like you hear about the joint practices. I know, I don't think they're doing it with the Jets this year. I think it's the first time they actually haven't done a joint practice with the Jets since that like became a thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're doing it with the Jets this year. I know they had it. I know they had some, I think they had a joint practice with the Ravens last week. And like all coaches, coaches, yeah, I know, but the coaches love the joint practices. Mm-hmm. Like the coach, I Sirianni especially, like he he raves about having the joint practices because he's all about like you know the competitive nature and all that kind of stuff. But I agree, there's just a different, there's a different, I don't know, not feel, but like there's just something different about doing it in a real game scenario, even if the real game doesn't actually count towards like the final standings. Yeah, and maybe I'm being selfish, and it's just mm-hmm. because we don't have access to those practices and, and yeah. it's just that time of the year where you, you get a little bit of football and you're craving it but it's not yeah. the whole thing um mm-hmm. so maybe that's maybe it's just me being selfish deep down but i don't know i um i like i watched the broncos game on friday night and i like the fact that the offense didn't look good so sean payton <laughs> kept them out there until they yeah. finally put together something like i like the idea mm-hmm. of look you're not playing well go out there and earn it and you know fix your mistakes you want to get out of the game then show me that you're good enough to get out of the game exactly like if you like if they played well they would have only played maybe two two series but Mm -hmm. the offensive line couldn't block you and i and so they (laughs) stayed out there until they got it right which i think is i think it's it's very valuable and i don't think you get that in a like in a control practice situation Mm -hmm. so i like the idea of being able to fix your mistakes versus you know if you're in a joint practice situation if you make a mistake you're probably coming off that play anyway, and somebody else is coming in, and you're just rotating, and it's practice. And yeah, exactly. It's just a different mentality. Like it's so, not a game; it's practice. Like Allen Iverson once said, "Not a game." Nope. Not a game. <laughs> Talking about practice. Practice. But, um. So I think that's going to conclude this episode of Sunday Morning Slants. So we have some cool stuff coming out for you guys soon. Uh, like we did last year, we have over under episodes coming out for both the AFC and the NFC. So if you like to bet, and a lot of us on this podcast do, uh, we're going to be talking the over unders for the uh, teams' records, who we think you should take the over, who we th- you sh- you know we think you take the under on. Uh, last year we competed against each other, and Luke won actually by like a very. Hey, well, I'm small sure we'll have margin. some uh, spicy takes again this year. I'm sure we will have year. some spicy takes. Um, so we have that coming around. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk fantasy football because, like I said, drafts are happening around this time. So we'll talk a little fantasy football coming up. Um, and then we have a 
little game we're going to play. It's a little team draft, so uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to be picking our teams for the season and seeing who can have, like, the best. There's, like, a point system we've attached to and stuff, okay. but we're going to we're gonna see, like, who could draft the best group of teams and see Pick the Texans, the best first overall pick. Yeah, that's a choice. That is a choice. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for all that. It's coming out soon, and, of course, you know, we'll have any reaction to news, um, rumors, stuff like that. Anything that's happening mm-hmm. on the day-to-day we'll be talking about. And we'll be taking you right up to NFL kickoff. And then, you know how it is. Episodes we drop on Sunday morning because it's the best way to start your NFL Sunday. So uh, 26 days. 26 days. Till till the first Sunday. So it's even less. So So it's 23 days. 23 days days until football. There we go. So uh, we'll we'll keep you guys posted until then. Uh, Thank you all for listening and have a good one. See you.